when I was a kid, I thought it was Turner phrase. There was somebody famous called Turner who had like created all these phrases rather than turn off phrase. The Germans and they're in trouble. Alcantara couldn't do it. Lidica probably could. And he got the equalised. It's Gary Lidica. Welcome everybody to the Final Countdown, the podcast looking back at great finals within the game of football. I'm Lewis, here with my co-host Adam. Hello. And uh, off mic we were discussing that the next two in a row, they are the World Cup. It's the creme de la creme. It is it? the yeah. creme de la creme, as uh, as rightly said by you there, Ad. Mm. You're doing the report on the 1986 final, so why don't you right. take it away? Well, 1986, I don't know if we've done this on every World Cup, maybe because we weren't alive for a lot of them. We haven't started with our, our familiar question, but here's the familiar question, Lou. What do you know about the last World Cup you weren't alive for? So with 86, it's a, it's a funny one because I think I know tangentially a lot about the tournament. But in terms of if you're told not to think about an elephant, you think about an elephant. Mm. When I hear 86, I just think of Maradona's two goals. They loom yeah, right. so... Against England. Yeah, they yeah. loom so large mm. over the tournament as an England fan yeah. that I can't... I struggle to think about anything else other than those two goals, the fallout, all the comments since. So, obviously, I know who wins. Uh, I know the score of the final. Um, it's obviously a high-scoring World Cup final, which is always great. Yep. But in terms of, like, the headlines, all I think about is the chalk and cheese, the spirit of Maradona described. Yeah, it's funny you should say that, actually, because I've heard that before. I'm going to use a word, and you're going to correct me because I'm not sure of it. But the the game against England is almost a microism. Microcosm. Thank you. Uh, of the World Cup yes. as a whole. Right. Okay. Because in a way, it showed the brilliance and, you know, the kind of the villainous side mm-hmm. of Maradona, but also how he basically won that game, which is the accusation that gets chucked at Argentina yeah. um, for this World Cup. So in a way, you're not miles away. And I've I've read that yeah that, that that people say that that game reflects the World Cup as a whole. Yeah, exactly. It's the macro and the micro of everything that World Cup was. Macro. In- <laughs> yeah it's it's basically it is all summed up in that one game in that one performance in that one player like yeah. whether you zoom in or you zoom out on that game that yeah. event it feels like that's the world cup in a nutshell absolutely and it's funny really because in a in a sense it's not the whole story of the um of the world cup as a whole and it starts years before okay um with colombia Colombia. So, Colombia had originally been chosen to host the competition in 1979. Yes. Okay. They couldn't, and I knew they couldn't host for economic reasons. That was the kind of the headline. But when I started to look into it, I realised that actually FIFA kind of did a number on them. Oh, okay. So, they were awarded the World Cup. Big thing. Colombia have never hosted since or, or before. 
uh, uh, sorry, before or after uh, a major tournament of any kind. Um, so they were chosen and it was a big deal. But in 1980, in uh, kind of getting ready for the 82 World Cup, which we covered, yeah. FIFA decided to go for 24 teams to qualify. Okay. So that changed things because Colombia's bid was based on a 16-team World oh, Cup. Oh, interesting. So when they were suddenly presented with the fact that what they had bid for is no longer what they would have to pay for, yeah. they were kind of like, okay, we need to do some sums. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously paraphrasing. <laughs> uh, we need to do some sums. Came back, we're like, we can't host that. They only had five stadiums that they could um, wow. use that met the minimum criteria. Yeah. Which uh, FIFA had at that point, which was 40,000 plus right, okay. um, capacity. They only had five of those. That wouldn't be enough for a 24 yeah. team World Cup. So anyway, the, the headline was they couldn't do it for economical reasons, which kind of suggested that Colombia were in some kind of like financial freefall. That wasn't really the case. Interesting. Yeah. So FIFA did a bit of a number on them and kind of were like, oh, okay, bad luck. We'll have another you know, round of who wants of to do bidding, it, yeah. which then becomes suspect again. I know you love FIFA suspect stories. Yes, I do. Um, so this is a this is another one. So they made the decision. I'm not saying everything was linked, but they made the decision to go 24 teams. It had a knock on effect of Colombia knocking out, uh, of dropping out. So in May 1983, Mexico, USA, and Canada all presented bids. Yeah. To relate uh, to replace uh, Colombia. So this is only three years before. So these, in a way, have got to be ready to go. Yeah. Like World Cup. USA, you imagine, probably fine. Canada, yeah. I'm not really aware of their stadium infrastructure. Although you you imagine, obviously, I'm sure Canadians love being compared to Americans all the time. Yeah. But you imagine there's a collegiate kind of infrastructure with so. big stadiums, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing that could probably be well, used. They just replace ice with grass. Yeah, exactly. Just um, lay some turf over the right. top. <laughs> Slippy will cut that one. <laughs> so USA, Canada and Mexico um, all presented bids. Mexico were controversially given it. So... USA and Mexico presented like enormous uh, kind of like folder size yeah, um, presentations. presentations of what was going on. Mexico presented an 11 page document, <laughs> 11 pages <laughs> to host the World Cup. However, page one was, you remember 1970? <laughs> yeah, it may well have been. And that's all it was. And then just well, the, the other 10 pages were pictures of Mexico 1970. <laughs> just iconic images. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, that might have been it. You want more of this? Yeah, just print it out on an Epson inkjet. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> towards the end, the black started to fade. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it didn't matter. They got it. No, unfortunately, that isn't. Unfortunately, it was a bit more um, FIFA-like. The Americans pointed out once Mexico had been given it. The Americans pointed out that Mexico had had the influence of two seats on the twenty-two person executive committee. Right. A FIFA vice president who was Mexican and an executive at Televisa, a Mexican television network with close ties to FIFA president. Wow, Havalange. Zhao Havalange. Zhao Havalange. But yeah, that doesn't surprise me. No. Shock. So it became kind of like, was this already decided? Uh, Canada kicked off in the same way. Um, also working in Mexico's favour was Havalange secretly promising the broadcast rights to Televisa ahead of the vote. Ahead of the vote. They're just thick. Well, That's yeah, what they, I don't get. Mind yeah. you, they, they keep on doing it and get away with it. So <laughs> may, maybe it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. When you're playing by your own rules, you can tell anyone anything. Exactly. But just so, at least do the, like... Have a modicum of decency. Try and pretend like you're not fixing it. You're appealing for too much. Yeah, you're right. With that. But anyway, there's more. Following the bidding process, Henry Kissinger, uh, former United States Secretary of State, who led the United States Bid Committee, remarked, the politics of soccer make me nostalgic for the politics of the Middle East. Says something, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Wow. Secretary of State there, or former Secretary of State. Uh, And then while the leader of the Canadian Committee called Mexico's 11-page bid document a joke. 
I mean, they have a point, don't they? They do. You think about like, because it isn't just, oh, you get to, it's, it's not a football tournament. It's everything that comes with it. Yeah. Uh, economically, like socially, like to win a World Cup bid is, is, as we've seen, a massive deal. And it is worth hundreds of millions, billions of pounds to the right country. Yeah. And Mexico have gone. Yeah, there's 11 pages. Do you find it strange? And it, it'll be me, so we'll have to look into this. But isn't it weird that USA, who had played in, you know, a few World yeah. Cups... Never hosted one before 1994. Is that not strange? I think... There's some politics going on there? I think it's just down to the fact that, even though they'd been in World Cups, there are a lot of nations that had been in World Cups, but I think it's the heritage... The United States are one of the biggest countries in the world. But it's the heritage of this game. You mm. think about Brazil, Uruguay yeah, to a lesser a bit degree. Bit snobbery there. They yeah, no, enough. exactly. I yeah. think it's a case of you want a home nation to put on a good show. You don't want necessarily not that USA is a minnow globally, yeah. but in terms of football, they are or were a relative minnow. Yeah. So I think it is a case of like, do we really want to put all the attention on a team that might go out in the group stages? Yeah. I think they like a lot of the the home fans. The the longer you keep the home fans engaged, the better it is. You wonder a, if it's a financial thing. Because there aren't many World Cups like you know, you know off the off the top of our heads. There aren't many World Cups where the host was like a nailed on certainty to get knocked out. No, exactly. And Until I think this point. And I think what it does is it changes the atmosphere around a World Cup if the home fans yeah, right. are disinterested early on, and if you don't have a strong legacy with soccer. Yeah. Then soccer. if USA are out in the group stages, the other f- the home fans, the USA fans are, yeah. are, are likelier to become disinterested. Just fast forwarding slightly to next week's podcast, mm. the Italian 90. Yeah. What there was a quote during research for that where one of the cab drivers in Italy when Italy finally got knocked out yeah. he was like well the world cup's over now yeah. and that was late on so you yeah. imagine even in italy which has a really strong historic link with yeah, football right, yeah. if the general consensus was well it's only a world cup if italy are in yeah, it yeah yeah you do wonder if it's a part of it i mean i assume you were saying when i did they go out in the in the um group stage of 94 we'll have to, i don't, don't remember that from memory but you wonder after that really you're looking towards south africa as the first yeah, time exactly. where it was a this is going to be they're probably going to get knocked out first yeah. round. Whereas yeah, every exactly. other World Cup to that point was like, the host is going to play a relatively major role. Yeah. Uh, just doing a little bit of um, digging. And it does... Uh, uh, USA got to the round of 16 in 94. Right, okay. So they did go through. And they were uh, knocked out by Brazil. They can't have been expected to do that. I wouldn't have thought. No, I mean, they had a relatively easy group. Just quickly looking here. It's Switzerland, Colombia, Romania. So they were lucky in as much as they weren't drawn lucky. against the team. Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Zhao Havelange. I think he'd retired by then. I think yeah, it was uh, Mr. Sepp Blatter. I think he was about 94 when he retired. They all are. I, yeah. don't, I tell you what, they've discovered the fountain of youth. That's what FIFA are really hiding. The fact that all these yeah. old geezers are living until they're like on, 90. On. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, we have to rewind in time because we've jumped right ahead there sure. to 1994 uh, and given you a little taste of a couple of weeks' time. But in the meantime, FIFA had basically fixed for Mexico to host the World Cup, which was controversial anyway, because it was only 16 years since yeah, the last time. Yeah, that's the thing. It's really recent. So they didn't it? go with like a Uruguay that hadn't done it since the yeah. first one or anything like that. Like it was, it was a bit random that they went with, or maybe it was a, it's two years to go, we need a nailed on We certainty. know these people can do it, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Ironically, um, and tragically, a severe earthquake in September 1985, so less than a year before the tournament began, cast huge doubt over Mexico's, Mexico's ability to organise the event. Um, so a massive uh, earthquake went off. Amazingly, none of the stadiums were affected. Wow. 
So I, I definitely have no memory of this, but I remember you referencing it on an earlier part, yeah. and it blows my mind that, yeah, less than a year before. Crazy. Well, it's it's uh, it intros the 1986 FIFA World Cup film Hero. <laughs> I think that 90% of your knowledge of 1986's World Cup final is that video. It is that VHS, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you know the song Mass, Mass, go and look it up. Well translated. Thank People you. will be putting that into Alexa and it, it will be giving them the right result. a lot of Argentinian there, did it? <laughs> anyway, so um, the stadiums weren't affected and the, the World Cup went ahead. Um, obviously, the you know, the cities and stuff were affected. Sure. The infrastructure of the actual World Cup uh, enabled Mexico to go ahead and, and stop FIFA from having to um, walk back the USA or Canada yeah, sure. uh, bids. Um, so a couple of other things. A final pair, the final pair of matches in each group, we've mentioned this before, started at the same time for the first time. That's right, to stop the uh, yeah. vagaries of match fixing. After the debacle of, uh, was it West Germany and Austria? Yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. Uh, in the 82 World Cup. The disgrace they, of Gijon. That's it, yeah. That's it, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the second round was played on a knockout basis rather than groups so they went back ah, to right. what you and I would know as yeah, round, cup, round yeah. of 16 through uh, and knockout um, uh, and all the rest of it uh, so interestingly Denmark appeared in their first World Cup which I thought was yeah it's quite late isn't it yeah and also they were really strong yeah exactly as we'd see <laughs> yeah. in Europe yeah so if I said to you Michael Laudrop and Preben Elkiar yes. what happens to you <laughs> are we keeping this PG? <laughs> I don't quite know what yeah, to this say. Will to this will be the third episode of Lou's Dark Room. This is what I mean. There is definitely like we need to put a R rating or an eighteen on this podcast just for the suggestions of eroticism. Michael Laudrup, the greatest player of the nineties. Better than Brian? That's not a serious question. Brian, <laughs> Brian can do one. When you're playing for Rangers and Michael Laudrup is winning La Liga titles with Real Madrid and then Barcelona, yeah, you love it. I do love it. So, yeah, Denmark appeared in their first World Cup with a really strong team, mm-hmm. uh, and they appeared in the so-called Group of Death, as every World Cup has a Group of Death. They do indeed. Um, with West Germany, this is interesting, West Germany, um, who had um, gotten to the sem- uh, final in 82, yep. and we knew were becoming the Germany that we all love and hate. Yep. Uh, Uruguay, who were strong uh, with Enzo Francescoli. Oh, what a player yeah. as well. Yeah. But who were the fourth team in this group? So Alex Ferguson's Scotland. Scotland. No way. Because I know I know it wasn't a good tournament. No. And I've never looked into the details, but now that makes sense because yeah, what what an unfortunate group to be drawn in. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And Ferguson's talked about the fact that right. his one shot at a World Cup was a bit of a stitch up. Yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, a, a Denmark that appeared from nowhere and actually won the group, beating West Germany. Uh and Uruguay and stuffing Uruguay 6-1 just quickly I know he's had his health problems and he is genuinely an old man now mm. but surely with the lesser demands of international management Fergie can still do a job surely he's a better <laughs> option than Steve Clark for Scotland manager <laughs> I just think no, that yeah, even I, now I, I think, think he's too clever I think he's gone yeah. do you know what? I don't want that yeah. I, I, like, why would ruin your legacy yeah very he's true. referred to as the greatest manager in the history of the game yeah. like, why taint it no you're right you're right but I just I'd love to see it or I'd love to see a Ferguson that didn't give a crap as well <laughs> Can you imagine the press conferences afterwards? Yeah, It'd be great. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a hairdryer? No, nah, I can be asked. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Denmark went through beating West Germany 2-0 and Uruguay 6-1. West Germany obviously went to the final, so that was a big result for Denmark. Um, but they got unstuck um, really surprisingly against Spain. Emilio Butrogenio? Oh, look at these names. I'm just dropping this, them in, mate. That's this, not written down. It's <laughs> not written down. Straight from the VHS. Straight off the top of the dome. <laughs> but this this is why it's the greatest World Cup, or at least one of the greatest World Cups. Just the, like the sprinkling I of know, names. Yeah, it's incredible. So good. Yeah, it is incredible. So good. 
So uh, England did an England and created drama from absolutely nowhere. Of course. Um, yeah. In a group against Morocco, Portugal and Poland. Didn't we lose to Portugal? Yep. Oh my God. Yeah, and we, that isn't a vintage Portugal either, is no, it? They're, no, they're a poor Portuguese Yeah, it was a poor team. Portugal. Yeah, they went out. Yeah. Um, Brian Robson went home injured in the first game. Vice-captain Ray Wilkins was sent off for throwing the ball at the referee. I have no recollection of that. It's I don't remember. It's I need to look that up. Clip. Yeah, he loses his rag. It's funny. Uh, and they took only one point from the first two games. <sighs> oh, because we needed to win. Staring right, down the yeah. barrel. Enter Gary Gary Lineker. Lineker. So, uh, and we're not going to spend loads of time on England, uh, other than probably the Argentina game. But sure. um, So he'd just gone close, lost the league, lost the FA Cup. We've yeah. covered that um, with Everton. So he was a man on a mission. But he hadn't really exploded for England. He'd scored goals. But sure. back, I don't know if you remember England back in those days, but they'd play Albania so people would get their stats up. <laughs> that doesn't surprise it me. It was that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like, hey, Gary, do you want a hat trick? I've organised the game against Turkey. Yeah. yeah. Who were crap then. Um, so anyway, Gary Lineker scored a hat trick, uh, which was a famous hat trick. Um, against Poland, sent us through, then got another two against Paraguay. And England's run was only ended by what we've re- referenced before, the main story, really, of the 86 World Cup, Diego Maradona. What? Where do you begin and what do you say where about do you something begin? that's yeah. been covered so often and yet you kind of want to keep on talking about it? He is just an enigma like no other. Obviously, we're recording, this is the first podcast we're recording post Pele's passing away. Yeah. And re- really, what Pele did was astounding, but... He just played the game everyone else was playing yeah. at an entirely new level, whereas Maradona seemed to be playing a different game. That's the, that's the way I can compare them. Whereas Pele yeah. did everything that you wished you could do and did it ten times better. Yeah. Whereas Maradona did things you never thought of and still pulled them off. Totally. Just yeah, so and different. It, some people have said I don't know if I necessarily agree with this because I prefer watching the Brazil of nineteen seventy team. Some people have said that Maradona was better because he pulled an average team through a yeah. World Cup, whereas yeah. Pele took his place in a great Brazil sure. team. Which is an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's a bit harsh, and we will cover this at the end, but the Argentina team were relatively referred to as average. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you take Maradona out of that team, they are struggling to get past the quarters. Yeah, it, sure. It's generally the consensus. Which may be harsh, may be true, I don't know. Like, Maradona ain't playing right back, stopping. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. It's a bit exaggerated. But he was so good mm-hmm. in this, in every game. And i got some stats that we'll do in the aftermath. Nice. Um, but in the meantime, he carried in, uh, this average uh, Argentinian team uh, past a, an all right England team by this yeah. point. They were playing well and they, you know, they ran Argentina as close as anybody really, apart from maybe Germany in the final. With a mix of brilliance and controversy, I don't know if we can talk about this. We've covered it in specials and stuff like that. But the first goal is a cheating bastard. Yeah. And the second goal is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. It's difficult because you kind of want to talk about it more. But there, we don't have anything more to add, do we, really? Other no. than what everybody listening to this podcast yeah, has already heard 10 times yeah. over. But again, going back to how we opened this episode, it's in microcosm everything that was brilliant and terrible about the bloke yeah. in, in one tremendous game. Yeah. And it's just made funnier because Terry Butcher still talks about it now. He's still, still living. He's You'd think man. it had happened yeah. yesterday. Apart from in the doping room after the game where I did ask him if he'd handled the ball or headed the ball and he said he'd headed the ball, so... If he said he'd handled the ball, then I think my hand would have been round his throat. So, uh, so bitter. Whereas, like you say, Lineker, I think you've mentioned in previous podcasts, is like you just wanted to applaud the second goal, yeah. even though he's done it against you and knocked you out of the That's World it. Cup. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Terry Butcher just still is like writing in his diary. Like, all work and no play makes Terry Butcher a dull boy. Merry Christmas, everybody. Diego's a bastard. Diego. <laughs> Christmas 2012. I heard he couldn't get a flight out when uh, Maradona's <laughs> funeral happened because he wanted to spit on there. He was denied Argentina. They banned him, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's good. 
So, uh, and then into the semi, following one of the most complete single performances against Belgium in the semi, Maradona would face uh, West Germany in the 112,000 capacity Azteca Stadium. Now that's an arena. It that's was a great a stadium. Venue. Yeah, yeah. Hosted nine games in the World Did Cup. Did it really? Yeah, I didn't know it had that much. That's interesting. Um, but I also didn't tie together that it also hosted the 1970 World Cup final. Oh, of course, yeah. I, I didn't. Yeah, I course, just not, yeah. never put the two together, but it's yeah. pretty obvious, really. But um, so there we go. Maradona walking out with Argentina, captain of Argentina, probably the best player in the world, lit up the tournament, and he walks out to the one place where Pele had finished his international career sixteen years before. Oh, the symbolism! Oh, people Stop love it, it. don't they? they I do wish Peter it. Drury had been commentating on this game. Epic. It would have been epic. Uh, and on that, we'll get to the match. What a goal! So West Germany hadn't lit up the tournament. They struggled in their group, got through. Yeah. They did at Germany, really. They just kind of got through Paint by the way they did. They won uh, one game on penalties in knockout. They won another game 1-0. Uh, so they're kind of making their way through without lighting up anything. Classic West Germany. Yeah. Uh, but they came with one initial aim. Can you guess what the tactics were for the final? Stop Maradona. Stop Maradona. Yeah. <laughs> Step in one man, surely. I yeah. hope you're going to say Do you know who it is? I'm going to guess it's Lothar Mateus. It is Lothar yes. Mateus. I didn't know he played. I know. Well, I only assumed he did because he plays a big part in 1990. Yeah, yeah. But I know he was one of the few players to have ever appeared in four World Cups. Yeah, I just hadn't put two and two together. He played so I in the assumed final. he must have been. And that important a role. Yeah, no, of course. I, yeah, I just, only when you said they need to stop Maradona, I thought, well, who can do that? And then you think of really of an entirely different player to Maradona. Yeah. But equally as important for his team. Right. And, and you, so you'll love this, the kind of like the epic na- nature of it. The first 23 minutes of that game, people argue, people being multiple accounts, sure. argue that that was the least effective period of Maradona's tournament. Wow. It takes Tw- him to get to the final before anyone can actually... But I love hold, it. Is it, is, it, is it a bow slofer? Yeah, for 20, 23 minutes anyway, out of 19. You keep him quiet for 23 minutes later. <laughs> anyway, so ironically, Lothar Mateus did his job. Unfortunately, the rest of the West German team didn't do the job on the rest of the Argentina That's good. team. Yeah. So after 23 minutes, they forgot completely to mark uh, Jose Luis Brown, uh, who opened the scoring with a header after an error. And I love this sentence. After an error from the German keeper, Harold Schumacher. That's, that's satisfying, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's nice to see the Germans are fallible. That's it. Schumacher came out with a flying knee and missed. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. He didn't do that. But he did miss the ball, and Ho- Jose Luis Brown uh, opened the score. Really unusual. I think it was his second international goal. <laughs> so it's it's Gary of, Neville scoring in a World Cup final. Luke Shaw, basically. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What the heck was that about? <laughs> Life peaked. Anyway, um, so a free kick from the right um, sent over. Maradona was nothing to do with the goal whatsoever. So um, Lothar Mates took care of him, but no one took care of Brown. And Argentina opened the scoring. It forced in a really good way because uh, this is a great final. Yeah. But it really wasn't up until the point where the game had to change. Mm-hmm. West Germany were looking to not let a goal in, which you could argue that's what they'd done in the knockout games previously. Sure. But it forced this forced West Germany to readjust. So Franz... Here it is. Uh, made some changes uh, and they now had to attack. Something they hadn't really done in the knockout games, certainly hadn't done in the first part of this game. Yeah. So a compelling 20, 20 minutes till uh, they wrote in the Guardian, a compelling 20 minutes till halftime saw the Germans gradually become braver. That's good. As they committed more uh, attacking, but with every attacking step they took, one man was waiting in the space. 
He's just a menace, isn't he? It's great. In every sense of the word. That's such an epic write-up. I loved it. So with every attacking step. So it got to um, halftime 1-0, but the game was beginning to open up completely. Uh, And sure enough, early in the second half, Maradona himself set Jose Valdano away on the left and his finish put uh, Argentina 2-0 up. Uh, So that's 11 minutes into the second half. So Argentina 2-0 up. The one rule of World Cup football, Lou, don't go up to. Uh, don't score too early in a World Cup. That's final? the good rule. It's not okay. the one rule. Okay, go on. The one rule I would have is never count out the Germans. Ah, uh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. That old adage. Mm-hmm. Never count out the Germans. But it did take until the seventy-fourth minute for Karl Heinz Rummenigge. Yes, what player to score his first goal of the World Cup, which is quite surprising. That is a surprise, he was quite yeah. A major player uh, in, in Europe and obviously for West Germany um, to head in from a scrappy set piece and give the Germans hope. Uh, a tight game suddenly exploded into life as West Germany looked for the equaliser and Argentina looked to put the game to bed. Uh, it was West Germany that broke through uh, from a flicked on co- corner. Rudy Voller, who comes yes. to mind when I say that name? Frank Reichardt. Frank Reichardt. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame, really, because Rudy Voller was a hell of a striker. And yet he's inextricably linked with the, dis- <laughs> the disgrace of four years later on. Yeah, the phlegm hanging out of oh. his little... There are times when you're like, I'm so glad they had, like Maradona's goal, you're just like, or Maradona in this final, you're like, I'm so glad that we get to see this on live TV. And then, yeah, Rijkaard Voller happens and you go, I wish we didn't have to see that in replay. They played it back again and again. Yeah. Well, it was hanging off his hair. It was the worst part and he didn't know. (laughs) It was so bad. So anyway, Rudy Voller buried in a close range header uh, with nine minutes left, two all. Game on. Yeah, absolutely game on. So Germany went for it because they sensed this was going to be the time to try and score. They committed. However, the main man wasn't done. Uh, three minutes later in the 84th minute, Maradona under extreme pressure. This is brilliant. Like, if you haven't seen it, uh, go back and have a look at it. Maradona under, under extreme pressure from Mateus and another German player turned, leans back almost to the point where any normal person would fall over. Sure. So he's completely off balance, leaning his body weight backwards, and he somehow sends through an unbelievable defence-splitting pass. Like, total perfect weight, mm-hmm. total perfect direction, splits the defence. Burachaga doesn't even break stride as he runs through and makes no mistake to get the winner. <laughs> A game that Maradona hadn't massively dictated, he still set up two of the goals. And it's the argument for, uh, like, world-class doesn't seem... That gets thrown around a lot. People are like, is Harry Kane world-class? And I'm not saying he isn't, but I'm just saying those that description doesn't seem to be enough for people like, I hate to make the comparison, but Messi and Maradona, yeah, no, where, totally. they, where it is yeah. just like, can you say you've had a quiet game if the two times you've, like, intervened totally. have been moments of brilliance that otherwise, like, people talk about Messi, this World Cup obviously didn't run a lot, doesn't yeah. press, doesn't add a lot to the tactics. But in those key moments, he was still able to unlock a defence or Absolutely, he was still able yeah. to slot it away when nobody else saw the angle. I think that is that is the world-class though, isn't it? Because yeah. it's not like, you know, you look at, you know, I'm not meaning to knock them at all, players like Lampard and mm-hmm. people like that who they're on the ball loads for England and, you know, like, oh, he's had a great game, he's on yeah. the ball loads, and, you know, 10,000 you know metres run mm-hmm. and this many passes. And that I guess that's a good game. But the difference is the players that don't don't appear to do anything. Yeah. And then they, you know, they put Valdano through and then they put Burachaga through with six minutes to go. That's that's the stuff. Yeah. It's like Messi. Like, you yeah. know, the run, 35 years age, 
years of age can't outrun his defender, yeah. but what he can do is slow and speed up, slow and speed up. So clever. Yeah, he's, he's just brilliant. There's a great um, or well-known phrase that talks about talent hits a target no one else can reach yeah. and genius hits a target no one else can yeah, see. Brilliant. And that, that is the best way of defining it. It's like yeah. Lampard, Gerrard, those kind of people were talented beyond yeah. measure. They yeah. could do a lot of things that nobody else could quite do. But yeah, your Messi's, your Ronaldo's, your Maradona's, your Pele's. In the moments where it matters yeah, most. They they see things that no one else sees. They yeah. pull off things that no one else can pull off. And you're like, oh, I didn't even know that was an option. And yeah. yet you've, you've just done it perfectly. Yeah, astounding. Yeah. So there we go. Argentina win their second World Cup in, in the, th- the last three. Yeah. Uh, and they'd go on. They had a bit of a run because they went on again to the final in 1990. Uh, so they were a world force, if you think, pre-1978. They yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't yeah, really exactly. been considered a world force. Um, and that, you know, you could argue is largely down to Maradona's um, kind of emergence, 78, 82, 86, and then again in 90, mm-hmm. and then he went nuts in 94. 94, yeah. It's um, a shame. Yeah, it was a shame. But um, yeah, so lifted their second World Cup. Maradona, the captain, iconic images of him being carried above the crowd in the Azteca Stadium uh, as Argentina win uh, the World Cup. So let's go to extra time. <laughs> You have just witnessed 90 of the most gripping minutes of European football you will ever, ever see. But the good news is there's more to come. So, yeah, just a couple of things, really, to uh, to kind of cover and, and round off the 1986 World Cup. Um, the tournament saw the appearance of the Mexican wave. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I guess that makes Mexican, sense yeah. that it's called the Mexican wave, but I'd never actually put two yeah. and two together. 1986 tournament. That's great. Um, so, yeah, that, that was the, you know, if you've ever wondered where that came from, is the 1986 Football World Cup. It's now done everywhere. To the point that most true fans, yeah. for want of a better phrase. <laughs> it's such snobbery. I know, yeah, they yeah, like, yeah. Caught, ugh, as if I'd ever be caught dead doing that. It's like, have a bit of fun. It only <laughs> happens at games that are boring anyway. It's not like, exactly, you know, yeah, Liverpool, yeah. AC Milan, yeah. like in the Champions League final, people going, right, it's time for the Mexican wave. <laughs> it happens when nothing has happened for 20 minutes and everyone's bored of shouting exactly, at each other. Exactly, yeah. That's what happens Just at cr- Live a little. What happens at cricket so much? That's right, yeah. <laughs> nothing happening for hours on <laughs> end. Um, so Gary Lineker, we mentioned earlier, but we didn't say this, he received the golden boot. Yes, uh, for did. scoring six goals, the first Englishman to win the Golden Boot, uh, a feat repeated by Harry Kane. by Harry Kane in 2018, which I feel like maybe it's because it's not historical yet, but gets forgotten a little bit. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but also it's one of those that it's lesser with Lineker because we had to we had to win. Was it Poland? He scored three yes. against. Yeah, yeah. So like that was a must-win game against a not hugely strong opposition. Yeah. Whereas Harry Kane padded his numbers. Didn't he get three against? who were Panama. not Andorra yeah Panama yeah, yeah, he yeah. got a hat-trick against Panama so he kind of like he obviously true, did yeah. well that tournament yeah, and yeah. he was a really good player for England yeah. but it's a little bit like you did feel you but then nobody complains when like Miroslav Klose got four against Saudi Arabia and yeah, true, towards yeah, his yeah, World yeah, Cup yeah, title yeah. so yeah. I wonder if it was a little bit Kane was an established name Lineker wasn't and in, yeah, in a way that World Cup kind of although he was for club wasn't he just not worldwide yeah he just hadn't done it on the world stage yeah because England are coming off the back of a terrible decade in the 70s like an abysmal decade so it is kind of like nobody's really talking about England nobody's thinking about England yeah yet alone this little diminutive striker like you don't expect him to set the world on fire a little bit like Scalacci in the next tournament where you kind of like nothing before nothing afterwards but for that tournament yeah. Obviously, that is different because Lineker kept on doing it, but yeah, you I can't stop those thighs, mate. You can't, why would you want to? Golden. I just want more thighs. 
Sometimes I worry that someone will like, <laughs> and then I remember nobody's going to give up the time for this, but someone's like, if you could clip some of the things I've said on this podcast, it could be very incriminating. <laughs> very true. Um, so if I said to you, Steve Hodge, what would that mean to you? Uh, very average England player. That's kind of all why, I know. Why is he connected to the 1986 World Cup? Oh, he gets Maradona's shirt, which he then sells recently for the seven cleverest million? moment, seven point one million. The cleverest moment of Steve Hod- Steve Hodge's life. It was worth it, wasn't it? Everything, yeah. but he wouldn't have known it was no. that clever. So I think we've spoken about this before. Maybe when we talk, I can't remember why we were spoken about. It. Maybe it was off pod, but um, he took it onto Soccer AM once in a carrier bag. <laughs> It was just, he just kept it in a carrier bag for years. Amazing. And he took it on Soccer AM and he was like, this is Maradona's shirt. He showed yeah. it around, put it back in its carrier bag. Absolutely crazy. So you should clarify for those of you that are not as old as us. Steve Hodge, I just referenced the same same age there. Yeah, sure. We'll, so we'll go along Same age as me and Lou. Uh, different generations. 10 years apart. Um, so Steve Hodge was uh, an England midfielder in this in the Argentina-England game. He was, uh, incidentally, he was also the guy, I don't know if you knew this, who kicked the ball backwards for Shilton to come out and grab and Maradona ran through and handballed it over Is Shilton. Is that right? Yeah. So he, it was an audacious back pass. Some are saying they've been linked together in destiny, Steve Hodge and Diego yeah. Maradona. I heard Diego in the tunnel before was like, do that and I'll give you my shirt. <laughs> It'll be worth seven million. You'll be able to pay it off in 40 years' yeah, time. Yeah, that's right. Just wait till years. It'll pay off, Steve. Yeah. I promise. Terry Butcher's looking at him like that was blood money. How can you accept that? That's it. I bet Terry, he's livid. Terry Butch- Butcher has been accused of assaulting Steve Hodge. <laughs> Couldn't get to the funeral, but he went to Hodge's house. That's right. Um, so, yeah, no, Steve Hodge uh, became a millionaire when he sold Maradona's um, quarterfinal shirt. Uh, very famous story, but uh, brilliant. Fair play to Steve Hodge. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing really to, to say is that where we started, which was this Argentina team, the main accusation of this World Cup is this Argentina team was one of the few, if only, um, World Cup winning teams that were accused of being a one-man team. Yeah, that's which true. which is unfair, but that you can also see where it comes from. Every other World Cup winning team, there'll be names, there multiple names, there'll be reasons, multiple reasons, yeah. tactics, manager, you know, all the rest of it. But this is the this is the year, this is the one where it's like take Maradona out, they don't win the World Cup. Yeah. Um, and, and there's an exaggeration with that. And there's any Argentinian players listening from 1986, we're not meaning to be, <laughs> I'm just reporting what is um thing, but it's become a real point yeah. um, that people have referenced. And and this is a really interesting stat before I get to the funny finish of it. Maradona scored five during the tournament. He also created another five. Wow. Directly. Yeah. So that is, that is insane numbers. Nuts, isn't it? So like then you can understand why people say remove Maradona. Yeah. That removes 10 goals. That is astonishing. I didn't realise he made that many goal contributions. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not just, yeah, he's not just scoring goals, you know, and getting through. He is orchestrating Argentina's run. And and it's the stuff you will never be able to quantify, but the idea of Germany are playing with 10 men because they need Lothar Mateus to do a job. Right. So it's not like they can, because Lothar Mateus was all action. So it's not like he could really contribute going forward too much because his job is shutting down Maradona. So it's like, well, how much worse did he make other teams just by being on the pitch? Right. Just by taking up those spaces. Just the fear factor of it, yeah. And I imagine the statisticians, statisticians would go nuts for the stuff below the easily countable goal and assists yeah sure I referenced it uh, in the Christmas um, special the England uh, the Belgium game in the semi-final and the performance Maradona puts in there the things that don't lead to goals yeah but they're so dominant and don't allow Belgium to play and every time he gets the ball they panic or multi-defend and all the rest of it like that's the stuff you can't really quantify yeah 
and he's doing that basically in every game. I think he struggled a little bit in the England game, but other than that, he was pretty much you know dictating the games whilst also entertaining the neutral which I know yeah, seems yeah, like yeah, a small yeah, thing yeah. but people falling in love with football watching this as their first World Cup or second World Cup yeah. seeing a player do the things he did and it, and be the character he was yeah. and that is like a lot of players can be effective but they're not entertaining and there's a lot of players that are entertaining but aren't particularly effective yeah. and he was the whole package absolutely yeah uh, it's why people very much have him in their you know the upper regions of yeah. there is he the best of all time uh, it's justifiable anyway uh, to finish with a little amusing one Carlos Bellardo was the the Argentina manager and he was prov- provoked over the issue by the Argentina press I might add right, okay. in the following like weeks mm-hmm. of him so the best thing he's ever done yeah. he's brought you know World Cup glory back and the Argentina press raised this issue and provoked Carlos Bellardo over the issue of Maradona single-handedly winning the World Cup for Argentina his response in the press conference was obviously in Spanish um but I'm reading English. The games are won by the players on the field, not by one player. But behind it, there must be a machinery that works. That includes all the players, all the coaching staff, all the leaders. <laughs> if you all pull in the same direction, you can think of titles. That is what happened in Mexico. And then, <laughs> and then what happens? I tried to find footage of it, but I can't mm. find it. The Argentinian press smirk and laugh <laughs> before breaking into Maradona, Maradona, no. Maradona. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Imagine being undermined like that. <laughs> Carlos Bellano just life. got up and walked out. Oh my God. But also they're not wrong, but that is amazing, it is isn't it? What a way to like finish your like managerial, not finish your managerial career, but yeah. like, yeah, cap. The, the greatest Best moment thing he's ever life. done, yeah. 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 Could never have seen that press conference going that way. Yeah, we, we all did. It was me staying up late, <laughs> thinking of taxes. Yeah, of course you did, mate. Yeah, good on you. Can we just remember the boot guy? Just remember <laughs> the boot guy. Maradona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, the boot guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Anyway, that is the 1986 World Cup final. Brilliant. So on that note, I'm I'm hoping that your uh, appetite has been whetted because uh, we are going on to obviously the 1990 World Cup um, next week, and it is an absolute beauty again, revolving around Argentina and Diego Maradona. 